Welcome to the Ethical Invest Podcast. Your time to catch up on the latest tips, trends, research, and action steps to incorporate ethical and responsible investments in financial advice and investment portfolios. I'm Alexandra Brown, and I support financial advisors to build their ESG and ethical investment toolkit so they can deliver powerful, impactful advice with confidence. Hello, this is a very exciting episode. This is the first episode in a series of five, the Ask Me Anything for Ethical Investment Week series. So I put the call out to anyone to ask me anything about ESG, ethical investing, sustainable finance, divestment, greenwashing, you name it. And I got some great questions, a couple from investors, a couple from advisors, and one from a, a fund manager too. So got some great questions and this is question one and this question was actually recorded so I'll just I'll play it now. Hi this is Belinda from South Australia and I'm looking forward to learning more from your podcast. My question is about ethical investing and what it means really. I've heard ethical responsible investing even sustainable finance and I'd love to know more about what means what please. Thank you so much, Belinda. That is a brilliant question to kick the series off with because I completely understand there are so many terms out there. We've got ethical investing, responsible investing, sustainable finance, green investing, socially responsible investing. You know, there's, it's so many out there and it can be really confusing. So in a nutshell, ethical and responsible investing is generally considered a broad-based approach to investing and it factors in people, society and the environment along with financial performance when managing and making investments. Now you've also put in there sustainable finance and in my opinion sustainable finance can be used interchangeably but it does have I think a bit more nuance about long term. And it's that term sustainable in there and it really just focuses more on the long term. And we're going to get a little bit more uh, in depth into that in this episode. So let's get to it. Let's have a look at what it all means, the different approaches that are involved and how you can actually learn more about sustainable finance too. What is meant by ethical and responsible investing? It's definitely an umbrella term and it covers a range of approaches. I think maybe in the past, ethical and responsible investing were separate things. So ethical uh, has its roots in uh, religions. So it it became about, you know, um, divesting from things like alcohol and what have you. And that was so it did have more of that ethical slant. And I think responsible investing was focused a bit more on risk. So looking at those ESG factors, those environmental, social and governance factors, and incorporating more of that risk side of things. But nowadays, ethical investing incorporates ESG risks and opportunities, as well as values, and responsible investing incorporates that and has values in it as well. So I really do think that it has all um, merged now and it's now just an umbrella term that incorporates ESG risks, opportunities, and values. And sustainability is also incorporated in ethical and responsible investing. 
and the consideration of future generations. And I feel that ba basically that sustainable finance also uh, covers all that. But as I said, it has a particular focus on the long term. And when you think about it, it is sustainable finance. So it's already got that term sustainable in it. And the other part, of course, for sustainable finance is the word finance. And a sustainable financial centre is a financial marketplace that as a whole contributes to sustainable development and value creation in economic, environmental and social terms. But I do believe that they can be used interchangeably. To add a little bit more to your question, there is also the term sustainable investment, which is a very popular term as well. And you might be thinking, oh my goodness, not another term. But this term refers to ethical and responsible investment uh, very interchangeably. This is the term that's actually used by the GSIA, the Global Sustainable Investment Alliance. And this organization takes all of the ethical and responsible investing data from across the globe. They, uh, from all the major regions, anyway, pulls it all together and uh, produces this report every two years. And the definitions that they have, they use the term sustainable investment. And this really is the, the global standard for ethical and responsible investing. The great thing about the GSIA framework or is that it aligns with RIA's spectrum here in Australia. So that's the Responsible Investing Association of Australasia. And the, RIA have this spectrum, it, it's a, a graphic, it shows all the different response, uh, ethical and responsible investing techniques. And it provides a real framework for understanding what ethical and responsible investing is. And these approaches on the RIA spectrum match perfectly with the GSIA framework as well. So that's what I would tend to use is, is that one there because it seems global, it seems well recognized and well accepted. So in answer to your question, Belinda, what is ethical and responsible investing? It is in a nutshell, incorporating environmental, social governance, values and sustainability in the investment decision process. And I'm now going to go through the seven different approaches that are widely accepted as, as constituting ethical and responsible investing. Now, the first one is negative or exclusionary screening. And I'm just going to list them now, but I'm going to go through each one in a little bit more detail. The second is positive or best in class screening. And then the third is norms based screening. For number four, we have ESG integration. Five is sustainability themed investing. Six is impact or community investing. And then seven is corporate engagement and shareholder action. So I'm now going to go through each one and just give you a bit of an idea about the different ethical and responsible investment approaches. And these are used in addition to fundamental financial analysis when used in the investment process. And more often than not, it's in ethical and responsible investing, it's a combination of these. It's not generally just one, it's usually a combination. Okay, so the first approach that we're going to look at is negative or exclusionary screening. And this basically means that, that there is an exclusion from a portfolio or a managed fund of certain sectors, companies, 
practices based on specific ESG criteria. It's often used to avoid activities such as alcohol, tobacco, gambling, adult entertainment, military weapons, fossil fuels, nuclear energy. Uh, and quite often a fund or a portfolio manager is using this technique with, with materiality thresholds. So what does it mean to have a materiality threshold? As an example, if the fund set, say they have an exclusionary policy for fossil fuels that set at 10% and there's a renewable company in their investable universe that is generating revenue of 12% still from fossil fuels, then this renewables company would be excluded from the fund because their materiality threshold is set at 10% the renewables company is making 12% revenue from fossil fuels still, so it would be excluded from the, from the fund. However, if the renewables company, if their fossil fuel exposure or their revenue was only at 8%, they may still remain in that portfolio. So if you are a financial advisor, then it's a good idea to understand these materiality thresholds and be able to discuss issues that crop up with your client. If you have a deep green client who has expressed that they want 0% exposure to fossil fuels and you've got this, this uh, ethical or sustainable fund with this 10% materiality threshold and so it has allowed this, this amount of exposure in there, then you will just need to be able to discuss that with a client and just check to see whether it's suitable for them, whether they're happy to have this. So that's exclusionary or negative screening. So it's basically divesting uh, away or um, incorporating these materiality thresholds and, and working out what is excluded and what is not. The next approach we'll look at is positive best-in-class screening. So here we're looking at investment in sectors, companies or projects that are selected specifically for positive ESG performance relative to their peers. So here we're looking at the active inclusion of companies within an investment universe because of their social or environmental benefits. And also this may involve the fund actually including best in class or leaders relative to peers, potentially using quantitative ESG measurements. So it could be that they have used, uh, they either do it in-house or they get an ESG ratings agency to rate companies say from 1 to 100 based on their ESG performance and this fund is just selecting the top tier so they might just select the top 30% or the top 50% or what have you. It could also mean though best in class being that they all of the companies remain in their portfolio so all of them that have been rated from 1 to 100 they're all in there but those ones that are closer to 100 will be more heavily weighted in the portfolio. So the thing with this one, and if you are an advisor, it's to really look out for is that if it is this best in class approach where they're just more heavily weighted, then you could still be holding these less desirable companies within the portfolio. So it could be that, you know, the portfolio still has all the mining companies in there, say gold mining companies, but they're all rated according to this ESG rating and the ones that perform better are more heavily weighted and to the less, but they're still in the portfolio. So it is up to advisors to be able to speak to their clients about that and just see if, you know, have the discussion, see if it's going to be an issue and take it from there. 
And positive screening can just mean the preferencing of companies that, for instance, have a low carbon footprint or preferencing companies that are in renewable energy. Uh, so preferencing, preferencing companies using this positive screening technique based on positive ESG areas. Now the next one, the third approach is norms-based screening. And basically this is the screening of investments against minimum standards of business practice. These are based usually on international norms, such as those from the OECD, the ILO, which is the International Labour Organization, the UN and UNICEF. So this is a subcategory of negative screening because it is still excluding companies or even government debt on account of any failure to meet these international, internationally accepted norms. So just a few examples of the international norms could be things like the UN Global Compact, the Kyoto Protocol, UN Guiding Principles on Business and Human Rights. We've got the ILO, as I said, the UN Convention uh, Against Corruption. So these are globally accepted norms. And so companies uh, that are in breach of this will be excluded from the portfolio. And it can extend also to governments, whether the bonds issued by governments would be accepted if they are in breach of these social norms as well. So that is the third one. Now, number four is ESG integration. And this is the systematic and explicit inclusion of ESG factors into financial analysis. So in general, when a fund manager is integrating ESG factors, it's usually about managing risks and improving performance. So one of the key components of ESG integration is materiality. So whether these ESG issues are actually going to be financially material, whether they are going to actually affect the corporate performance and the investment performance. So ESG integration is obviously a very important issue. It's a very important factor in the investment decision-making process, but it doesn't necessarily incorporate values. Now, currently across the globe, negative screening is the most widely used ethical and responsible investing uh, technique. And ESG integration is the second largest. Technique number five is sustainability themed investing. So this is investing in themes or assets that are specifically related to sustainability. And these include things like clean energy, green technology, sustainable agriculture and sustainability themed investing means actually combining not just attractive risk return profiles, but also having an intention to contribute positively to some area of society or the environment. And this technique is often considered to be investing in progress. And the reason being that we recognize that there are companies out there that are doing their best to solve the global challenges that we're facing. And of course, companies that are doing that are in the best position to grow in the long term. Number six is impact or community investing. And these are targeted investments. They're aimed at solving social and environmental problems. So GIN, the Global Impact Investing Network, they define impact investments as investments made with the intention to generate positive, measurable social and environmental impact 
alongside a financial return. So there are four key elements to keep in mind if something is going to be defined as an impact investment. First, they must intentionally contribute to social and environmental solutions. And this differentiates them from responsible techniques such as ESG or integration and screening as well, because it needs to have this intentionality. The next one is financial returns. So impact investments do seek a financial return on capital. Uh, it can range from below market rate to, to market rate or the risk adjusted market rate. And this, this importantly differentiates impact investing from philanthropy because it is still seeking a financial return. Next, impact investments can be made across a range of asset classes. And finally, impact measurement. So this is an absolute hallmark of impact investing, whereby the investor is committed to measuring and reporting. So reporting is definitely a big thing here. Uh, we want to see the environmental and social performance of the underlying investments. Now, the first six really are used to help construct the portfolio. So they're either excluding or inc including investments based on certain criteria. The seventh technique in ethical and responsible investing is corporate engagement and shareholder action. So this is the use of shareholder power to influence corporate behavior. And this can come through direct corporate engagement. So in other words, communicating with senior management and boards. It can also come uh, through filing or co-filing shareholder proposals and resolutions and also proxy voting that's guided by ESG guidelines. If you're an advisor, you may actually get quite involved in this area too. It's not necessarily just the fund managers who are engaging. Advisors can certainly engage directly with companies too. For example, a company, they've just announced, it's just been announced some kind of violation, an environmental violation or, or anything like that, then you may wish to contact the company directly you may wish to contact your clients just to ask them if they want to still hold this company. So there are ways that you can actually do this. There's also organizations such as the ACCR and Market Forces. Now ACCR is the Australasian Center for Corporate Responsibility and these organizations create campaigns and you can help your clients be involved in these campaigns. Personally, I see corporate engagement and shareholder advocacy as one of the big differentiators in ethical and responsible investment funds for those that are walking the walk, those that are serious, they take their active stewardship role seriously. And I want to see more of it. I want to see more disclosure of it. So whether a fund, what, what they're targeting in their engagement, are they going to boards and saying, hey, you need more gender diversity on your board and in your management? Are they going to companies and saying, you know, you've got a lot of um, issues in your supply chain, we want to see this improved. It's about fund managers actually using their influence, getting to companies and helping them to improve on, on ESG issues. So if you're an advisor and want to understand some of the engagement activities that you could be involved in, then I encourage you to go to the Ethical Advisors Co-op website 
and have a look at the latest annual report. It details a lot about engagement and what the co-op members are doing. If you don't know the co-op, they're a, and actually they're, they're not just nationwide, they're Australia and New Zealand group of advisors who specialize in ethical and responsible investing. So head to ethicaladvisorscoop.org and have a look at their annual report. Okay, so to round it off, we had those seven approaches. We started off by looking at negative or exclusionary screening, which is that exclusion from a fund or a portfolio of certain sectors, companies and practices on a specific ESG criteria. Then we looked at positive and best in class screening. So looking at intentionally tilting a proportion of an investment portfolio towards positive solutions or targeting companies and industries that are assessed to have better ESG performance relative to benchmarks or peers. We followed that with norms-based screening, and here we're looking at minimum standards for inclusion. So um, if, if a government or a company is not following those global norms, then they would be excluded from the portfolio. We looked at ESG integration, which is that systematic and explicit inclusion of ESG factors in the investment decision-making process. We followed with sustainability themed investing, which is looking those investment themes or assets and programs specifically related to improving social and environmental sustainability. You know, things like um, accessible water, uh, sustainable agriculture, green buildings, lower carbon tilted portfolios, those types of things would be included in sustainability themed investing. We covered impact investing and those four areas that need that uh, an investment needs to be classed as impact. So that intentionality, that uh, financial return across all asset classes and must be measurable. And finally, we finished with corporate engagement and shareholder action, which of course is using shareholder power to influence corporate behavior and to improve their ESG areas. If you wanted to learn more about those seven techniques, then do head to the GSIA website or the RIA website and have a look at their spectrum, their responsible ethical and responsible investment spectrum. It is a great graphic. It shows the intention of the, the different techniques. So whether they are avoiding harm, they're benefiting stakeholders or contributing to solutions. So what's the intention? Because it varies across the different techniques and looks at the features and outcomes too. So have a look at the RIA spectrum. And of course, I'll provide a link in the show notes to make it nice and easy for you. Now, there is, you did mention sustainable finance as well in your question. And I don't think we've really gone into that too deeply, but it basically is, is overlaps what we've just spoken about, but really has that focus on the long term. So it includes the integration of environmental, social and governance factors into the, the investment decision making process, but really focuses on that lasting benefit of society at large. So it's about the development of the whole financial system in a, in a more sustainable way, looking at economies, looking at the health of the economy, the sustainability, the stability. It's about realigning the systems that underpin our economy to support human well-being, social equity and our, and our environment. 
globally momentum is growing we need to build our finance system better so that it aligns with our sustainable development needs and countries and regions around the world this they are developing their sustainable finance roadmaps which will provide better pathways and um, particularly policy signals and frameworks to enable the finance sector to contribute more systematically to the transition to a more resilient and sustainable economy and consistent with the sustainable development goals and those other areas. Thanks so much, Belinda, for your question. I hope that this episode has helped you to understand the different techniques for ethical and responsible investing and helped to define sustainable finance. Well, that's it for question one for the Ask Me Anything for Ethical Investment Week series. For question two, we're going to be looking at greenwashing. Actually, for the next two questions, we have some greenwashing questions. So I look forward to answering them soon. Hit subscribe to find out more about investments that incorporate sustainability and values and how investors can have a positive impact on the social and environmental challenges we face across the world. Together, let's accelerate ethical investment from niche to norm. Disclaimer. The information and related materials provided in this podcast are for teaching and demonstration purposes only. The information does not take into account your objectives, needs and circumstances. We recommend you seek financial advice specific to your needs. The information provided is not intended to constitute professional or financial service advice and is not to be used in any statement of advice or any other advice to a client. We do not guarantee the accuracy, reliability and completeness of any information provided during the podcast and in accompanying resources.